Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dicko hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to another episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dicko for SB Live Sports on the Bleed Podcast Network. Occasionally, um, I give my thoughts on current topics in the world of sports or maybe experiences that I have had throughout my time in sports. Today, I wanted to give an NBA Finals preview and talk about um, the road to the NBA Finals for both the Suns as well as the Bucks. some of the small connection points that I have to both organizations and some of the memories that I had as a kid and the excitement I had as a kid watching the NBA Finals. So we'll start with the excitement and the memories I had of watching the NBA Finals. Growing up in the Portland area, as you can imagine, I was an unbelievably big Portland Trailblazer fan um, in the late 80s, uh, early 90s when it was it, it transitioned from Kiki Vandeweghe, Steve Johnson, Darnell Valentine to the great teams of Clyde Drexler and Buck Williams, Jerome Kersey, Terry Porter, Kevin Duckworth. Um, as a as a young kid, that those teams were so fun to watch. And what kids don't understand and realize these days sometimes is, you know, the access to watch games. They get to watch every single game uh, throughout the whole entire season preseason included and they get the highlight clips and everything i remember growing up in in portland uh coin six channel six would uh carry a certain number of games every year it was probably maybe eight to ten games every single year and whenever those games came out those were circled on my calendar knowing that i was going to watch those games and then they also had like a satellite package where another maybe six to ten games were broadcast um, just on a satellite system. And you had to have one of those big, huge, enormous satellite dishes uh, to be able to receive that feed to watch the game. And you had to pay for that feed, if I, don't, if I remember correctly. But you had to be a certain mileage away from the city center of Portland to be able to, to connect and watch that game. And I remember I had a friend who had like an aunt and uncle that lived – like 37 miles away from from the center of Portland, um, the Memorial Coliseum where the games were being played, and I think the the it was 30 mile blackout radius. So we, I would get to go occasionally at way out uh, to to his aunt and uncle's house with him to watch the game. And those were unbelievably uh, exciting for me because I was such a big Blazer fan, as I mentioned, and you could only watch certain amounts of games per year because of the broadcasting rights and the availability to see the games uh nba games were you know they were not national games 
until later in the year. Christmas Day is usually when everything kicked off for national games, and then they have a weekend game on TV from there on out until the playoffs. The big teams that were, you know, had the huge cable packages, being the Bulls on WGN, and I think it was the Hawks on TBS, um, were, were the teams that would be able to be watched more often than others. But my family, we didn't have cable. Um, so I didn't get to watch any of those games. Um, so I was kind of, um, you know, at the mercy of, of just the local TV package with Portland, with the Blazers. And so anytime they, they were on TV, I was watching those games and studying them and, and recording them on VHS tape, going back, watching them again and again. Um, and then it would be super exciting because when they were in the NBA Finals, we knew every single game was going to be on and most of the games in the playoffs were going to be on. And so those were really exciting for me um, as a kid. But the the memories for the finals that I truly remember watching, you know, you kind of look at, you know, when I was 12, 13, 14 years old was when the Blazers were at their peak. I mentioned Drexler, Buck Williams, Terry Porter, Jerome Kersey, you know, they make it to the 1990 NBA Finals and, and play the bad boys of the Detroit Pistons. And they um, they ended up losing, I believe it was in six games. Um, and Vinnie Johnson, I'll never forget as a kid being just heartbroken by Vinnie Johnson, uh, just getting hot in Portland and kind of knocking down mid-range jumper after mid-range jumper uh, to kind of put that series away. Then the, fi- the following year, 91, um, would have been Michael Jordan's first championship against the Lakers. And uh, that was MJ's, you know, it not not coming out party because he was already an established superstar, but it was his dominance to win uh, in NBA Finals. I remember that clearly just watching. Um, he had the Jordans that were uh, the, the, the black Jordans with the red, kind of infrared on him with the two holes in the tongue to pull up. Um, he had some iconic moves in the finals that year, the one where he went uh, in Chicago Stadium, went up with the right hand, switched it to the left. Um, and I can just remember watching each of those games, put taping them, um, like I said, with some of the other games, taping them, watching them over and over again. The next year, the 92 finals, when the Blazers got back and the Bulls, Uh, And the Blazers were clearly the two best teams in the league that year. I remember watching those games and MJ, who wasn't known as a as a big time three point shooter, because that's really how the game wasn't the game wasn't played that that at that time from the three point line. It was uh, kind of post ups, isolations um, and the three point shot really was was not as emphasized as it is now but mj got hot i think he hit six threes in the first half and he kind of gave that iconic look over to the broadcast table with i think it was magic johnson just kind of shrugged his shoulders that was fun um you know two other finals that stand out for me was uh 97 the the bulls and the jazz um i remember um the 97 clearly because i graduated high school and sitting in graduation in the gym at Prairie High School where I graduated, I had a Walkman, or sorry, a Watchman. Everybody might <clears throat> not remember what a Watchman was, but pre-smartphones where you have everything on one device, you would have a Walkman, which would have a, a tape recorder um, where you'd record songs and whatnot onto a, onto a tape, and that was your Walkman. Um, but you had a, I had a Watchman that my dad won in some uh, 
corporate event that he that he for the company he worked for at the time he won a watchman and it was a it was a handheld tv about a two inch screen smaller than a smartphone tv even at this time and uh, had a big long antenna and uh, you only got like four channels, the, the typical broadcast channels, ABC, NBC, CBS, and one other might have been PBS. I'm not sure. But I took that to graduation and I was watching the NBA finals during graduation. Um, the Bulls and MJ and, and Pippen versus Stockton and Malone and the Jazz. I remember that clearly. And then everybody remembers the iconic, you know, 98 finals when MJ and the Bulls won their sixth title, and he hit that shot in Utah over Brian Russell. Um, those ones will stand out to me. As NBA Finals games, memories, uh, matchups that I remember from growing up. But when we look at this year's NBA Finals, uh, a lot of people are complaining, Bucks and Suns, you know, there there's not a lot of star power. Um, you know, there's not a lot of excitement, and I disagree. Um, I know people, and especially the media, get excited about big-time media markets. I can only imagine, you know, they wanted the Lakers versus, um, you know, Brooklyn because of the two biggest media markets, because of the stars with LeBron James for the Lakers. And then on the Brooklyn side, it would have been the star power of KD, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. Um, You know, but... uh, I like this matchup of Phoenix and Milwaukee for a couple reasons. You know, Milwaukee has been very good over the last couple of years. Um, they drafted Giannis a few years back and kind of really developed and believed in him. Giannis, as a, as a free agent, has chances to leave, and he stayed loyal to the Bucks. and he's put in the, the time and the effort to improve not only his game but really lift up that Milwaukee franchise. Um, and, and continue to help them improve. I believe that last two of the last three years they've had the best record in the league. Um, this year they've been able to get to the NBA Finals. You know, Jonas is uh, a huge part of it, obviously, but you also look at the way they built that roster and, and the pieces that they have. They fit really well together. Um, Chris Middleton is, um, you know, very good score shooter. He, he does things a little under – he's – does he's a little under the radar based off of just being in Milwaukee, you know? But he's a guy that is is all star caliber. Um, he can score in bunches. He's got size. He can defend. Um, he he's been really fun to watch over these playoffs. And then the other guy that I I don't think has gotten enough credit over the course of his career. Uh, he might be the most undervalued player in the last in, in recent memory that I can think of in the NBA is Drew Holiday. Um, I mean, the, the guy just does it all. I mean, he can, he can guard one through three. I mean, in a pinch, he could even guard a four. Uh, he can handle it. He can make plays for others. He can shoot it well enough to keep you honest from deep. Uh, he can attack. He can score. Um, he's just a really good player. And he's, he's somebody that I think a lot of young players um, need to look at and see that he, he impacts the game in more ways than just scoring so many times kids these days just think you impact the game by how many points you score and that's really not the case and and he's a great example of it obviously a big question mark for the bucks is with with jonas's um knee injury is he going to be back is he going to be able to play um you know obviously this point of the season uh you want both teams at full strength so they can put their biggest their best rosters out there and you know be able to lay it all on the line um 
the word is, you know, Milwaukee's kind of keeping it quiet. They're they're not saying he's in. They're not saying he's out, which is exactly what you would expect. Um, but I hope Giannis is able to make it back um, in these finals, and hopefully he can play uh, up to his full capabilities because I think without him, it's going to be a tough road for the Bucks. Um, you know, when you look at the head coaching side of things, uh, you know, Mike Bodenholzer, uh, he hasn't coached as a head coach in the NBA Finals, but he's got a ton of experience of being in the playoffs with deep playoff runs, with being in the finals because of his experience with the San Antonio Spurs, being there multiple times and, and being alongside Popovich for so long. Um, so I don't think, you know, there there's too much of a... Uh, you know, inexperienced factor um, for for the Bucks coaching staff. You know, one cool link for me personally, uh, assistant coach on the Bucks, um, Ben Sullivan is a uh, is a Portland area guy. Grew up in Lake Oswego, went to Lake Oswego High School, played at University of Portland. Uh, got to know him uh, fairly well from from playing in open gyms around the Portland area. Um, as he's a little younger than me, but he's done a nice job as a as a coach growing his career. Started off at um, San Antonio, has worked his way up through um, you know through your typical coaching ranks, and, and he's now uh, a very impactful coach for uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, and he's kind of Jonas's right hand guy um, with player development, workouts, getting himself ready, and then. The other coach on the Bucks staff is actually, he's been on the ISO podcast a number of times, um, Chad Forcier. He's a, he's a Seattle area guy. Um, he has spent time coaching uh, in college uh, at Oregon State, and then he's been in the NBA for a number of years at a lot of different stops, Indiana, Detroit, uh, San Antonio, uh, Orlando, and now uh, as uh, a big assistant um, for the Bucks, uh, Chad Forcier. He was also on the ISO um, as uh, in, in our memorial tribute to former Mercer Island head coach Ed Peppel, um, sharing some of the experiences that Chad had of being a young coach, being mentored uh, by Coach Ed Peppel. So those are a couple of the, the connection points on the Bucks with their coaching staff uh, on the on the. Phoenix Suns coaching staff, um, there's a couple also really unique ties for me um, that I'm going to be following, that I'm going to be excited about with Phoenix, in particular with their coaching staff. Monty Williams, I have tremendous respect for Monty. He was a, an assistant coach under Nate McMillan when when I was a player, my second stint in Portland. Uh, Monty's one of the best guys that you're going to be around in the game of basketball at the professional level. Uh, he's got a... a tremendous understanding of the game and a tremendous understanding of, of how the pieces in the game work together uh, to create advantages for his team. Um, but the thing that sets Monty apart, I think, is is how he connects with people, how he's so positive, how his his faith and his love for God kind of really show through in, in how he tries to uh, treat people and how he tries to impact people. And I think uh, there, there's it's been really fun watching the, this playoff run and you know seeing some more of his story um kind of being shared and being told and he's willing to put his faith out in the forefront uh and that's that's really cool to see the other coach um on the sun staff with a connection point uh is ricky foy he's a former gonzaga video coordinator who 
made the leap two years ago and is uh, an assistant coach with the, with the Suns, doing some really good things. He's originally from Italy. He's got a great understanding of, of, of the game of basketball, and it's fun to see him being a, a part of a successful organization. On the front office side, actually, for Phoenix, uh, one of my good friends is their, their vice president of, of business, Tom Fletcher. Got to know him well when I was playing with the Blazers. Uh, he's a, a tremendous uh, forward-thinking sports businessman, and I'm happy to see him have some success um, you know, with, with his new organization. I believe it's his second year there. So those are a few connection points with, with the Suns coaches in the front office. But when you look at the basketball side of Phoenix, I think the questions you got to look at um, or the things you got to be excited about is, is the leadership and the drive that Chris Paul has provided this franchise. Ten years, uh, not in the playoffs, and you go from a drought of that to making it to the NBA Finals. Uh, that's all based on the experience, the leadership, and the drive of, of the big key addition that they made in the offseason, and that was Chris Paul. Uh, 16 years now in the NBA, has never made the NBA Finals, never made a conference finals until this year. Um, but his leadership and his experience um, have prepared him for once he got to that opportunity to make the most of it, and he has made the most of it. Um, he, it's, it's interesting. It's funny. You know, sports is always kind of one of those things where you have to be in the moment. You have to be able to execute and take advantage of your opportunity in the moment. And he absolutely did that, uh, down the stretch of the Eastern conference finals against the Clippers. He struggled with a couple different injuries throughout the playoffs. Then he had that COVID pause that he had to sit out for. Um, but when he came back, he was ready. He played well and he led them. The other thing to keep an eye out is definitely Devin Booker. I think he's, you know, it, it's easy to say he's one of the, the bright young stars in the NBA as far as on the offensive side shooting the ball. But I think he's he, he is somebody that I like watching him play because he he's a great shooter, but he's not married to the three-point line. He can attack. Um, he's athletic to finish over the rim and through contact. Um, but he's still got that, you know, kind of, old school game where he's he's not too concerned about pulling up for a 15 to 18 footer off the dribble when he creates space um, which a lot of times you know is frowned upon in in the analytics day and age of this the game of basketball so he to me he's got a tremendous blend of being able to do it all on the offensive end you know I also like the 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 roster breakdown Jay Crowder uh, I think he's a tremendous versatile defender a tough guy who um you know can guard in a, a number of different positions guard him in different ways um and, and then you know on the offensive end uh he's a guy who can get a hot from the three-point line uh, he's kind of a I, I think of him as a three and d guy even though he is a little more versatile than just that um so he he's a big piece to what they do deandre ayton he's surprised me over these playoffs you know i i was kind of yeah, I know in college at Arizona, he was a man amongst boys. You knew he was going to be a pro, um, but you didn't know what type of pro he was going to be. A lot of it based on, you know, was he going to develop uh, his ability to score? Was he going to um, be able to, to defend in pick and rolls in different situations? Was he going to have 
uh, teammates or a point guard in particular that really kind of elevates his game. And what you've seen is Chris Paul elevating his game. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's made comments throughout this playoffs that uh, Chris Paul is is beginning to make him into the player that he wants to be, and he's grateful for for him as a teammate. And I think that's that's spot on. Um, so many times, point guards, good point guards, can make or break a young big's career um you've seen it time and time again with you know whether it's steve nash with amari stoudemire whether it was jason kidd with a number of other guys you know if you've got a young big who's got a lot of potential and physical tools if if they get matched up with a the right point guard early their growth trajectory takes off. If they don't have a great point guard, maybe their growth trajectory stalls or they don't reach their full potential that they can make. Um, so that's been a fun kind of storyline to watch throughout the playoffs. And, you know, when you look at both of these teams, the Suns beat the Lakers in six. Some people are going to, you know, oh, LeBron wasn't at his, his full um you know, health. Uh, Anthony Davis was in at his full health. You know, they beat Denver in four with no Jamal Murray. They beat the Clippers in six with no Kawhi Leonard. You know, people are always going to make these comments, injuries, this, that. Well, again, I mentioned Chris Paul had to sit out with, with COVID uh, protocols for like 10 days. He's had some shoulder issues during the playoffs. So all teams are dealing with this at this point in the year. Uh, regardless, you look on the on the Eastern Conference with the Bucks side, they're dealing it with now with Giannis's injury, not knowing if he's going to be back. He's questionable, but they went through the heat at four and zero with the sweep, and then they beat Brooklyn and in, in what I think was has been the best series so far. That's been a fun one. That was a really fun one to watch. You know, KD was a little banged up, but Ky- Kyrie Irving, James Harden, those guys missed time due to injuries. Um, you know, so. Uh, that's something that, you know, popped up again, that injury question mark. And then beating the Hawks in six, you know, a lot was said about, you know, Jonas's injury missing the, the last bit of that series. But, you know, Trey Young sprained his ankle. He was hampered, tried to go in game six, and, and he he played, but he didn't kind of quite play to his, uh, I don't want to call it standards, but capabilities uh, of what he's kind of elevated people's expectations of him. So, you know, injuries are going to be a big part of it, and it has played a big part of it for both of these teams getting to this point. You know, the comment that has been coming out a lot with, you know, the shortened off season and then the condensed season of the games back to back to back, creating all these injuries. Well, a lot of these injuries that I just now talked about, you know, Trey Young's ankle, he stepped on someone's ankle. That That's not due to overuse. That's, that's going to happen. Same with Giannis, kind of, you know, colliding with somebody. Um, those are the kind of injuries that aren't due to overuse. It's the it's the injuries where nobody is around you, um, where you tear an ACL or or you pull a hamstring. Those are the ones that are you're concerned about with overuse, um, not your typical you know collision um, injuries or, or you're stepping on a foot injuries of a sprained ankle. Um, so I don't think that's something that needs to be too worried about with the condensed season um, and the NBA kind of schedule moving forward. I hope they stay with the 82 games. I would like to see them having a shortened preseason um, and maybe uh, you know continuing to limit the amount of backs to back back to backs throughout the season. I think that would be great. Um, so those are some thoughts that I have on the NBA finals. I think the, the, the biggest question I'm looking for um, is again, is Jonas back and does he, does he look 
uh, close to 100%. If he does, I think this has a chance to be uh, a seven-game series. But my prediction, I I like the Suns in six. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited uh, to tune in um, beginning tonight on Tuesday. And uh, hopefully you guys do as well. Let me know what your guys' thoughts are um, in your NBA Finals predictions. So for SB Live Sports and the ISO, this is Dan Dickow with an NBA Finals preview and memories. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.